Kia ora and welcome to Cinema in Context, where we discuss all things film and the connections between. My name is Jeremy Downing. I'm William Chen. And I'm Sarah Watt. And this is one of our mini-sodes. Hey. We've done a few of these over the years, uh, but the last wee while we've only had it available on Patreon. I think I might release some of those for people to listen to, because there's some great stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we thought we'd do this one as kind of a, uh, another gift to you. I think I see something similar at the end of 2023. <laughs> um, and I think people really enjoy these, these chats, where we get to talk about a range of films. Mm. Um, in the past, we've done the films we've watched abroad. We've done uh, sort of seven films to watch over the summer. Uh, we've done Oscar chats, which, hey, we might even do another, another one of those in the coming months. Yeah. yeah. Um, but this time, it's the films that we watched over the holiday period. So for those of you listeners that are uh, overseas, it's very much summer here in the Southern Hemisphere. I just spent a week in Sydney, Australia. Sydney? Yes. It was 33 Sydney. degrees in one of the days. Um, 33 degrees Celsius. And for um, William and Sarah, you kind of had a mixture of, or well, you had I Northern. had winter. Yeah, yeah. that's And did right. you have both? I, I had both, yeah. yeah. Australia and Asia. Yeah, nice. So we thought we'd talk about some of the films we might have seen on the plane, might have seen at international cinemas, might have even seen at things like, um, I don't know, Cannes, is that a thing you mentioned <laughs> last, last month? No, I um, didn't. Is that some sort of film festival in the South yeah, of France? Yeah, apparently. <laughs> it's, it's burgeoning. Yeah. And also, can I just say, this sort of episode is neat, Jeremy, because the films are still out at the moment, and so hopefully, because we're not going to spoiler any of these, this mm. will act as a, oh, I was thinking about seeing that, maybe I'll go kind of thing for listeners. A little bit like our best of the year that mm. we released a couple months back. And it works well because we've had time to watch a lot more stuff, mm-hmm. and it's just, that's the time where lots of great stuff is coming out. That's over right. That summer period. Well, we're in the lead up, well, we've just had the Globes, we're in the lead up to the, um, the BAFTAs and the uh, the Oscars. Mm. So yeah, this is the the good time of year. Nice, cool. William, start us off. Give us a give us a, a film that you watched over the last few All right. two months. So um, I, I watched a, a whole bunch of stuff. I again was uh, back in Taiwan uh, to see my family. Uh, went over to China for a bit. Was in Australia for a bit. So all sorts of opportunities to watch decent stuff. Um, on the plane, I watched a lot of Bluey. Uh, the, the Australian kid, the Australian kid show? Kid show about a family of dogs. Mm. Uh, what a show, guys! It's so good. Our, it's so our good. little Billy is is a, a puppy or a dog <laughs> that lives in our house, and she's been around us today. I'm at, we're recording at my place, and she loves Bluey. <laughs> and apparently, blue is one of the colors that dogs can actually see. Whoa! Oh. Whoa! Very well, nice. The funny connection for me: we spent a month in America with uh, with my husband's family, and our tiny little two year old niece um, mm. watches Bluey all the time. Beautiful. So she understands some of our Antipodean language, <laughs> mm. like going to the loo and um, and you know putting things in the bin and stuff like that. Oh, that's so, so good. Yeah. We could absolutely do a Bluey and Blues Clues <laughs> episode, yeah, couldn't we? Yeah. Wow. So there we go. Hopefully, she ends up uh, being a big fan of cricket. Uh, Maybe. <laughs> No, I, I watch Bluey because uh, I don't get the works on Air New Zealand. You can only watch TV shows and not movies. Oh, wow. um, but anyway, in terms of movies, uh, watch a couple. I'll start off by just mentioning Wonka, uh, which mm. is something I was uh, I, going into with trepidation because I love Hawking. I think that man is a genius. Uh, he did, of course, the Paddington movies yeah. um, on TV. He also did stuff like the Mighty Boosh. 
Um, and uh, if you guys have ever seen uh, Dark Place, Garth Marenghi's Dark Place, oh, which yes. is yeah, back in the day, a yeah. work of comedic genius. Mm, Again, mm. Um, don't rush away from Wonka because um, that that was going to be one of the films that oh, I wanted okay. to talk about. So so why not? All right, let's do it. Uh, unfortunately, I wasn't a big fan of Wonka. Oh, and okay. I think all the pieces were in place. Like I've said on this this podcast before, I used to hate Peter Rabbit, and now I love it. Oh, same. Um, and so it's like. Like, you know, Kudlit, uh, brought to life by someone who's a very masterful visual director. And a lot of these just didn't work for me. I, okay. I found the film overly stylized and the color palette to be really ugly. A lot of pinks and golds. Um, the songs were just, eh. I really didn't like all the nostalgia tugging by the end of the movie, reminding you of better movies. Oh. Um, to me, that just didn't work and felt really, really much like this is... Like, oh, what IP do we have? Let's remind them of the IP. Oh, very, wow. very cynical. Maybe that's just my, my mindset going in. Sure. It's like, ah, don't like this. Hugh Grant was great. Chalamet was okay. I found the same voice to be eh, so-so. Uh, it does have Natasha Rothwell, which is one of my favorite working actresses. Um, she's Belinda from uh, White Lotus. Mm. She's also hilarious in Sonic the Hedgehog movies. Mm -hmm. Every time she shows, it's like, yes. And Olivia Coleman's in it, and a bunch of people doing funny accents. But it just it did not cohere for me at all. It was a bunch of disparate pieces, uh, and it's a shame because I think Paul King can do he can do it. He has a great track record. Um, it just didn't work very well for me at all. Well, yeah. well, I'll talk about a film that I saw called Wonka, <laughs> and, um, and uh, boy, was it different to mm. your version. So I and, and maybe it. context counts to some extent. I mean, I was it was Christmas time. It was snowy. It was we went to the wonderful Alamo Draft House in Denver, uh, and the Alamo Draft House cinemas, um, Jeremy. Because I don't know if you've been to any of them, but they're a chain across America where they serve you food and drinks um, while you watch the the show, and they have a full menu of all manner of things. And somehow it's different from Gold Class. It just feels different and better. Anyhow. We took the little nieces and nephews and all those people. And I I was really into it. I have no, I have no, what's the word, loyalty to Gene Wilder or any of that early Wonka. Couldn't care less. No, the, the books? Like... Well, no, of, of course, I love all the okay. books. But um, I, I didn't, I don't care about or have any recollection of the original mm. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory or Wonka, sorry, uh, movie. So I don't care. So I was coming at this sort of fresh. Love Timothy Chalamet. I didn't mind... That his voice isn't like um, High School Musical or, or um, you know, those kind of films because he is a jolly good actor who, again, you know, we said this of Bradley Cooper last month. I love the fact that Timothy Chalamet speaks French and is a linguist and is mm. musical enough. And I didn't mind. I thought his character was totally lovely enough i thought olivia coleman playing the old master of the house yeah. oh yeah she totally was eh? from les mis it's the sort of act, the sort of character that i would always want to play she's like the evil one and it's yeah. funny and i thought the whole film was absolutely delightful mm. and then i actually then came back to new zealand and took the other nephew um, and i took my sister who's very hard to please and um she really enjoyed it as well mm. so i don't know but for some reason it just all worked and it's got all the cliches you know, it's got Jim Carter for starters, and um, you know, it is your classic sort of um, bad people. Well, it is, isn't it? It's your Paddington, your Peter Rabbit, and yeah. all that. Interestingly, people were saying about Hugh Grant, oh, he should be nominated for this and that. And didn't he get nominated for a Golden Globe for Wonka? Was oh, it? Oh my goodness! It, I don't know. 
No, I think it was for something else. Oh, I hope so, because I was like, what? It's not a part. No, no, it's his face stuck on a little computer man. It's a cat. Cat's... 2023. No. Oh, okay. He's not in that. No, I mean in terms of his face stuck on a computer. He's right? not bad in it. It's just... But it's not yeah. a role or anything. It's just a gimmick. So that's fine. <laughs> oh, no, that's all right. That was my mistake. So thank goodness for that. Can I say that I haven't seen Wonka because I just don't enjoy prequels of that nature. Mm. I just think seeing a character become... Like, that's why I didn't watch the new... Um, Hunger Games. Oh, because, I love prequels. Uh, I just... I, I like a prequel that... Uh, doesn't just tell you the story that you already know. I don't want to see Darth Vader become Darth Vader. I don't want to see... Um, I do. No, because it's part that, that for me is embedded in the, the original story. I need it spelled out to me, Jeremy. <laughs> because, and, and you know, if anything, somebody I know who cares more than I do said, oh, but the only thing with Wonka is... Oh, I suppose that counts as a spoiler. But in terms of an origin story, yeah. it doesn't exactly fill in all the gaps. Oh, yeah. And he's... Chalamet is... Diff- he's a very different character from Gene Wilder. Sure. And he's supposed to be the same guy. Right. Yeah. Yeah, but he's not. He's meant to be Willy Wonka. He's not <laughs> meant to be Gene Wilder. No, he is. By the end, he is. Because there's all the callbacks. And it's like, oh... Oh, oh you okay. see, and if you're basic like me and you don't know, you don't care. You just go, oh, that was nice. Yeah. Can I yeah. say that uh, the last time Hugh Grant was nominated for a Golden Globe was 2021 for The Undoing, a television series. Mm. Oh, that so was dreadful. Anyway, um, okay. Sarah, give us something else. What, you know, we talked about Wonka. What's, what's another film? Look, I don't want to talk about it very much, but Ferrari was one of my most anticipated films of last mm. year, and it came out over the, the American winter, our... our Southern Hemisphere Summer. Um, Ferrari's got a lot in it for me that I would have loved, not least of which directed by Michael Mann. Now, Michael Mann did Heat, as we know, 95, which is my favourite film of all time. And he's done a lot of other brilliant films like The Insider and Collateral. And he's also done some really average films. And I fear, unfortunately for me, Ferrari falls into the average. Oh, no. Well, we spoke about Napoleon being really terrific in certain aspects. But you and I, Jeremy, agreed that there wasn't this through thrust that mm. quite worked in Napoleon. Now, I would watch Napoleon again and enjoy it for all those, those, those bits. You know, for some inexplicable reason, despite the fact that Adam Driver is wonderful, Penelope Cruz is sensational as his jilted wife. Shailene Woodley is totally miscast as his mistress. It looks beautiful. It does everything beautifully. And there are some shocking and amazing driving scenes, but it doesn't work. A la Napoleon. It doesn't work in a in that through thrust way like for example collateral there's a film about a car a dude gets in it and and embarks on a series of assassinations and it and it and it's propelled and it's amazing and for some reason ferrari just oh I, gosh. yeah you should totally see it because of course you should but just it looks beautiful blah blah nah didn't feel anything Really, mm. except for Penelope Cruz, who's incredible. I, I think that kind of reminds me of a film like uh, *Killers of the Flower Moon*, where even right. though it's long, there is that propulsive. There through is. Line. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that because yeah. it's one of my films, yeah. yes, and thanks. I watched it. Uh, when did I watch it? Where did I watch it? I, I must have. I watched it here I, when I came back from. You watched it on the TV. I watched it on the television. Wow. I would have loved to have seen the cinema, but I, I missed it. And I, you know, three and a half hours. I, I needed to watch it by sitting on a couch, not sitting in my room. <laughs> Mm. And I didn't want to watch it with someone else who 
no. no was going to get up and down. I, I needed to kind of get lost in the film. I agree with you. Um, I, it literally got dark outside as I watched it <laughs> because I started at sort of 7.30 or 8 and finished at 11.30 because yeah. it was so long. Mm. Um, but I was thoroughly engaged in that film. Yeah. It's, I, I do think, I have, a, I have a criticism with this film, or maybe a wondering, and it's a similar wondering I'll, I'll get to with another film on my list, but... You know, they did everything that they could, Martin Scorsese and the team, to work with um, the the First Nations peoples that yes. are represented mm-hmm. in that film. And I think they have been, like Lily Gladstone, and as, as a kind of a spokesperson for her people, has, has sort of really applauded their work. But there is that piece in me that's like, it's, it's just, just what story is being told and, yeah. and, and whose perspective it, it is. And so I don't, have, I don't fall either way on that. I just am open to that criticism from especially... Film critics who who are First Nations in the States. May I just ask, and maybe this is not the time for it, but Scorsese, I agree with you, does masterful work at making a long, involved story endlessly gripping. Mm. And that's Scorsese being Scorsese. And as you know, he is my favourite director, and I call him Uncle Marty and so on and so forth. You birthday. Exactly. So the thing is, right, what if somebody with uh, fewer chops or lesser chops in filmmaking who was quote unquote the right person to tell the story did so and it didn't land it didn't work quite so well which would we prefer yeah i I mean Mm. i I know the answer the answer to that's obvious right because scorsese's films it's just so fantastic but i just i just put that there because yeah i think it's an it's still a pondering it's just a piece it's just a piece of wonder and i wonder if you know we're very clear now about stories that shouldn't be told by certain people or, or there are stories that really should be from a perspective to yeah. keep it safe for that community and for the, yeah. for the representation. So it's just, just interesting, but I loved it. And I thought that um, it unfolds like a horror film. Mm-hmm. It's just this, it just is this slow sustaining horror. And you kind of, I feel for the Leo and the character in the film, yes. he's such a scoundrel and, even um, but he's mani- Robert De Niro. quite manipulated as well, isn't he? Oh yeah, he? he's it's... at the mercy of. And how brilliant! Like that to my, to my greatest hits. We mentioned in our last episode, great something a film feeling like a greatest hits. This is like Scorsese's greatest hits. He's yeah, got his two yeah. best actors that yeah. he's had yeah. with this wonderful. Um, well, Lily Gladstone's been a working actor for a while, mm. but she's kind of been thrust into the spotlight yep. alongside the likes of. Leo and Rob and, and Bob. The and nice thing is, Bobby De Niro is amazing in it. Mm. It's not one of his dreadful later <laughs> year kind of I'm faxing it in performances. Hey, hey, yeah. like he's, he's terrific he's and so, Leo's yeah. terrific. Aren't and he, he? he's so scary and so charming. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's, I haven't seen a Robert De Niro performance like this, like you say, in a long time. Yeah. Um, we, we, no, I think even compared to, you know, a lot of his recent Scorsese things. Like Irishman. Irishman, yeah, exactly. I thought he was way better than this than the Irishman. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. That, yeah, I agree. Yeah. And if you can, I compare it to the last film of his I saw, you know, Scorsese's film, which is, um, at least like the last one I can remember, is The Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. Mm. And how that is driven by this sort of fever dream of quaaludes. <laughs> yes. And, uh, and, the, and the film has that frenetic energy about yeah. it. Yeah. This is not that film. No. <laughs> and we talked last month about movies that know what they are. And this yeah. film so confidently knows what it is. 
um, this it just one blew me away. This reminds me of There Will Be Blood, the Paul Thomas oh, Anderson film. Oh, nice. It's partly in theme and look and blah, blah, yeah. but also because it's a quiet film. Yeah. And yet it is ominous the whole way through because Daniel Day-Lewis, they both are quiet and ominous because Daniel Day-Lewis is absolutely frightening. Mm. And yet he scarcely raises his voice and doesn't need to in that Daniel Day-Lewis way. But do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. If I put on There Will Be Blood and I think, oh, I'll just watch a little, forget about it, because then I'm in it for the, mm -hmm. the duration. So I'm going to be interested to see how I feel about oh, a second viewing a of, um, of the Netflix one. Mm. Yeah. Nice. Oh, William, give us another another movie. Uh, sure. Um, I, I have a category, and this is where all my other movies fall into. It's called Movies with Grandma. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, oh, adorable. yeah, I went back to Taiwan to see my grandma. She is 91. Mm. Um, she loves movies. Like She tells me stories of when she was a girl, she would take her grandma to the movies and her grandma didn't understand English. And so my grandma would see the movies on the screen. This is when you, you had, you know, some sort of accompanist as well. Yeah. Uh, and she would explain the plot of the movie to my great, great grandma wow um and so yeah she she's loved movies her entire life so she 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 knows her movies yes um and your grandma speaks english no no, no. she does not no. okay so okay. we're watching with subtitles got you yep um and so this this is the rest of my list movies grandma approves of and movies grandma hates oh, go for it. Go for it. <laughs> okay so um we start off with uh aquaman 2 she liked it she loved aquaman ah! 2 <laughs> Nobody else, okay. I think, in the world, all the box office did, would they? So, um, the, for, for my grandma, it was just, she understood what was going on. There were goodies, there were baddies. The stakes were very, very clear. It's like, yeah, this is basically Lord of the Rings. There's, there's a Sauron-like figure that Aquaman and his estranged brother, Patrick Wilson, I think that's his character name. Patrick, Patrick Wilson! Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> team up and then defeat this guy. And along the way, you know... Maybe I'll learn a little something about brotherhood. Oh, wow. Um, spoiler alert, they do. They do. Oh, wow. <laughs> and so, yeah. It was Is it a spin-off from that family movie, Fast and Furious? <laughs> <laughs> little children. Brothers. No, okay. <laughs> and so, yes, Aquaman, Aquaman 2 gets my grandma's stamp of approval. That's gorgeous. Um, the second movie is uh we we talked about it wonka uh she was confused by wonka she oh. didn't quite know what's so going on thumbs down for wonka? let's say uh, a thumbs eh? oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah um she, she kind of just she went to the toilet afterwards and then didn't come back yeah. uh so yeah. so that's wonka the next one is uh like just a mitigated disaster that is Zack snyder's new magnum opus Rebel Moon, part one. No. A Child of Fire. No, every part uh, of that name, <laughs> including part one and Child of Fire. Sarah, this is a part one that's almost three hours long. Oh. No. <laughs> and it's all in slow motion. So if you just put it back to one speed, it would be about three hours. <laughs> it would be literally, I could you not, about two hours 15. Oh. Um, wow. Man, this movie sucks. Uh, my, my grandma uh, watched about 20 minutes of it and then was just on her phone. Wow. Um, and I, 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 you know, Wait, Snyder... she was on her phone in the cinema? Oh, no, 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 because it's a Netflix film. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. I was just going <laughs> to have a go at grandma or about having been phone on, uh, being on your phone Oh, gosh, I, I would uh, totally yeah, be would. the person that's you like, would. grandma, 
Please don't do That's that. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but for, for, for Rebel Moon? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but basically, um, Zack Snyder, you know, if there's one thing he's good at, it's making very, very pretty compositions. Yeah. Mm. He's very, very good at that. I, I saw a quip online that like, he should have been a photographer. Yeah. Um, Spare us all the... Yeah. yeah. But do, so is it pretty? No. Oh. It's very, very ugly. Everything oh, I said about man. Wonka and its <laughs> color palette... Like multiply tenfold for Rebel Moon. It's just browns and golds. Everything is muddy. The slow mo doesn't work. Like these scenes of slow mo within slow mo. Yeah. You're like get on with yeah. this. Wow. <laughs> um, the apocryphal story is, of course, he went to Lucasfilm with this idea for Star Wars Seven Samurai kind kind of story. Lucasfilm said no, thank goodness. So he made his own Star Wars, yeah. and it's a terrible version of Star Wars. And it's I know you will hate this, Jeremy, because the movie ends. When it gets interesting, uh, but at least it tells you it's part. Oh, one. That, that's true. That's true. It's not like Spider Verse like, without right. the part one moniker. That's right. Um, and so they put together a team. Yeah, that's it. Oh <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. And so yeah, Grandma, uh, twenty minutes and she was out. The movie that my grandma loved the most, and this is very, very surprising, um, was a little film that is now getting a lot of Oscar buzz, and that's Alexander Payne's The Holdovers. Yeah! yeah. Have you seen, seen it? it? No, I want to. But we, you've seen it. Yeah, we yeah. watched this as a family, and we all just loved this movie. Good on grandma. Movie. It is amazing, yeah. Jeremy. There's no question. Oh, I can't wait. such a heartfelt, you know, bittersweet, a mm. little bit acerbic, a little bit funny. It's it's everything you want out of an Alexander Payne movie. It's three, a, three sterling performances. My gosh, Devendra Randolph, um, Paul Giamatti, mm. and Dominic Sessa, this, this new kid on the block who's so good. Who was just a kid uh, in a high school. He yeah. just auditioned. He, he was in high school plays, and now he's in. And he uh, thought Oscar it'd be quite novel. nice to be an extra in the in the back of the scenes, <laughs> but they went, "Oh, he's got the right hair, yeah. and he's so right in it. <laughs> You'll love it because it's a it's a school teacher. Yeah, yes. yes. and it's film. it's. It's a movie set in winter in 1970, and gosh, it's just a lovely, lovely it's time. A, it's fabulous. And, mm. and you know, Paul Giamatti won't win Best Actor for it, but it's an mm. honour to be nominated. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and it's the first time that he's reconnected uh, in working with Alexander Payne since Sideways, mm. which did get him the... Um, oh, wait, did he win the Oscar? Or? Uh, did he? I, 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 I don't think he was, so. No, he yeah. was at least nommed. I yeah. watched the one of the Hollywood Reporter round... I've watched a few of the Hollywood Reporter round tables, mm. and I watched the actors one. It's mm. so good if you want to mm. have a... I mean, yeah. the, all of them so far. I've watched yeah. the actresses, the actors... And um, the writers, I've watched the producers, the directors. I think I sent you one that's quite lovely. Yeah. It's the director's one or the producer's one. Um, but he, Paul Giamatti's and the actor's one. And he's, he's so great. Yeah. He's done so many films. Mm. And he talks, he talks like one of those old school Hollywood actors that <laughs> just has all these little stories. Yeah. And when I worked with Kubrick. And when or I, Olivier. Yeah, or yeah, 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 yeah. And like I've worked with all these, I don't know if he's worked with Kubrick, but he, he was dropping names like that and he wasn't dropping them to name drop. He was just no. was sort of telling these great mm. stories and, mm. and it's just some of those character actors and just wonderful and you forget how many movies that they've done it's like oh that's that guy that showed up and blah 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 absolutely <laughs> oh yeah yeah, yeah. So, so that's it that's nice it. thanks grandma. grandma we should get her on maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah that'd be awesome sarah what maybe maybe you can rattle off your well, last couple of films as well well i tell you what actually can i pivot slightly differently speaking of character actors mm. yeah jeffrey wright mm. we've seen him in everything i think one of his breakouts was basque basquiat back in the day um, but Jeffrey Wright is a fabulous... Oh, I mean, I've seen him in flipping... Um, James Bond movies. Yeah, I was going to say Sicario, not that one. The, the one with 
Oh, I'm such my mother. The one with George Clooney in the Middle East. Suriana. There we go, Suriana, and a bunch of other things. Um, he's done everything. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's in the Hunger Games movies, right? Oh, he's in well, Westworld. He, he really has done everything. <laughs> mm. So, Jeffrey Wright. So, this gentleman and listeners is um, a top tip. If you're obviously in a, another country than New Zealand, you might be in a position to see this film already, but otherwise we'll have to wait a few months. The film is called American Fiction. Now, um, I'm not going to spoil it at all, but the conceit is absolutely gorgeous. Jeffrey Wright is an African-American um, professor or a, at least a lecturer in a, a pretty average sort of college. And he has a publisher and he's published books before. But it all transpires that actually, um, if he really wants to um, write, a, write and publish a successful book, he needs to come up with something that is blacker, in inverted commas, than the sort of work that he currently does. And he doesn't subscribe to this whole kind of writing the great American black novel. And um, so there is a cynicism in the whole film. It is terribly clever. It addresses all these issues of the fact, for example, that the 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 uh, author du jour is a, an African-American woman who speaks um, rather like I do in interviews, but the text of her novels is all, yo, gee, on the street, <laughs> blah, blah. And, it, and so it plays up the cliches of, you know, um, the tropes of uh, African-American fiction. And, uh, and Jeffrey Wright, in his wonderfully sardonic, I'm not going to play this game kind of way, um, goes on this incredible story, um, that I won't spoil though. And, and it's the backdrop of it is the family drama because at the same time he's dealing with ailing parents and mm. reconnecting with siblings and that sort of thing. And it is an exquisite, beautiful, clever film. Mm. And the white people are sent up tremendously because, you know, uh, we're the publishers who are like, oh, I say, well, they don't speak with a British accent, obviously, <laughs> but they're like, can we get that? That sounds amazing. You know, is, that's what we want to read. Is it up for a best picture? I'm, it's definitely I, up for a lot I of a think it is, right? I think yeah. it is. I'm not entirely sure. I'm um, pretty sure. I'll have a look. It would be clever if it was. Um, yeah, and and sure oh my gosh, it's going to be just a, a, a wonderful film. Mm. And you mm. know, Jeffrey Wright is fabulous in it. Um, I don't know if he's nominated for things, but um, I think he. Uh, let's have a look. Nominated for five Oscars. Oh, it is already um, great, and it'll the... be best screenplay and whatnot. Right. It must be either adapted or original screenplay. But um, and maybe maybe it would win that. But um, you know, it's interesting. The uh, I looked at the writing things this year. Barbie is under best adapted, adapted. which I thought was. Hmm. But, but Maestro is best original. Exactly. Yeah. I was like, what? This Barbie is a brand. Maestro is a real person. Yeah. yeah like, no, Barbie oh. shouldn't be adapted. If it, I mean, it's it's less adapted than strange. Maestro. I know. There's no plot to Barbie's yeah. life. Okay, so it's been nominated for best uh, music for the score. Um, this is um, American fiction. American fiction. Uh, best motion, motion picture of the year. Nice. Mm -hmm. Best leading performance by Jeffrey Wright. Mm -hmm. Best supporting performance by Sterling K. Brown. Mm -hmm. And best adapted screenplay. Sterling K. Brown is fabulous in it. And I he think for him it'll be a nice, a nice to be nominated one because mm -hmm. he's up against other people. Um, but yeah, anyway, American fiction. Excellent. Oh my God. Nice. So highly recommendable. Fantastic. Mm. Well, I can see a film on your list there. Yeah. Is that your last one? Because that's also... It was also... the only other one that I was going to mention. Because actually we saw nine films in the cinema and we went to some oldies like White Christmas hey. and American in Paris and did the old, you know, MGM musical kind of thing. Mm. Um, I saw heaps of films. But um, the other one that I've got here, which I saw over the holiday period and I know that you've seen, Jeremy, mm. and that we're going to have to work really hard not to spoiler, is All of Us Strangers. Mm. Incredible. 
Yeah, it's. I think it's one thing that's not a spoiler is that the main character is gay or he's queer, and he's, that's right. And there's a there's a love, there's a romantic relationship, a burgeoning relationship between um, his character. Oh my gosh, is Andrew Scott? Andrew Scott and now Paul Meskel. Yeah, so Andrew Scott, who who people who have watched um, Fleabag. Fleabag, and mm. I haven't, but he plays the hot priest yeah. in Fleabag, and or Sherlock, a, he plays Moriarty. Oh, yeah. of course, yeah. and um, he's Irish, and Paul Mescal. Um, he's Irish as well. He's Irish as well. Yeah. And uh, he's from uh, uh, After Sun and Normal People and that sort of mm. thing. And the director, is it, is it Peter Haig? Um, no, it's um, Andrew Haig. Andrew Haig. He did Weekend and Looking. And, yeah. Did um, you see Weekend back no, in about no. 2014? Beautiful gay romance. Mm-hmm. And if we were to do All of Us Strangers, that would be the mm-hmm. film. The obvious could, thing to connect you know, it to. Because similar sort of vibes. I, I found it um, incredibly engaging and quite um oh what's the word it was it was like a spiritual experience yes. the layers wow. of what that story is doing especially for me and, and kind of where i'm at with life and I, I watched it in sydney which feels very much like london yes. in that movie especially with the amount of trains i was going on <laughs> yeah um and there's a lot of trains in that film um and yeah, it's it's a pretty impressive piece of work. I'm surprised it didn't get more Oscar nominations. Oh, than it did. they are the, the Brits are as well. If you read the Guardian, like I do, they think it's a huge snub, and quite rightly because mm. um, Andrew Scott was up for um, uh, a Golden Globe and um, the, the, the BAFTA, right? Uh, well, yeah, they'll probably they'll probably take all yeah. the BAFTAs because the BAFTAs are very cute at going. Don't you worry about it, darling. Just because <laughs> those Americans didn't like, we'll give you all the awards. Just think um, about um, our last last month's episode. We talked about Amadeus, which is based on a play. Mm, this film could it did feel it feels because there's only four really four characters. That's right. Um, there's um, the two characters again. We won't say how they fit in the story, but it's um, incredibly um, poignant Cle- and Clear Foy, Clear Foy, and Jamie Bell. Jamie Bell. If all four of these leads are just yep. absolutely astoundingly good in this movie, and yeah, um, yeah, it is hard to talk about it without. Yeah. Just if you want to go see something that's um, achingly acted and very aware of its tone, mm. um, take your tissues and mm. go and see all of us strangers. Mm. And, we'll, and then we'll talk about it later because yeah. honestly, the audience around me was all sniffling and. Wow. Yeah, we were. Oh, all, it's yeah. stunning, mm-hmm. and um, it, it 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 looks at issues of of love and loss in a way that I have never seen done mm. before. Not in this particular way, and not this effectively. Mm-hmm. It's just absolutely magnificent. And there's a moment, um, and again, I can't really talk about this, but there, it happens a couple of times in the film where the intentional perspective of what the writer and director if it's the same person i don't know yes but there are some intentional perspective things in this movie that just broke my heart and and again i can't really talk about that until people have seen it but it's yeah all of us strangers it's based on a it's based on a japanese novel from the i think 80s um but it's very loosely based yeah Um, that takes a sort of element of the plot and then andrew haig has has changed it considerably to this particular story, which I, I haven't read the original, but I think this is undeniably more clever and mm. more moving. Mm. So yeah, All of Us Strangers, there we go. Can I finish us off with one more film? Yeah, yeah. do it. So I, I alluded before about a movie that I have, a, have an uncomfortable question at the heart of it, um, and I've already briefly had a conversation with you, Sarah, on the old mm. Facebook Messenger. Mm. But that is um, 
Is it Yorgos Lanthimos? It is. Yeah. Lanthimos. Lanthimos. Yorgos Lanthimos. Yorgos Lanthimos uh, film Poor Things, mm-hmm. yeah. starring Emma Stone mm. and Mark co-starring Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe, and who's the other the 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 young lad? I never know his name. Brilliant. Yeah. The acting is brilliant in this movie. Mm. Um, it is for the movie that the, the movie that the movie's trying to make. Yeah. Um, it is a perfect film. It is beautifully shot, acted paced the sets and costume are incredible the title sequences the just the photography everything is the music it's, yeah it's a work of art like it really is incredible um and my big question mark is it's a movie that deals very heavily with a woman's sexuality with that confidence breaking taboos and yet it's still made very much by men mm. and so I, I've been trying to talk to as many of my fem, female film fans to be like, what is your experience watching this movie? Mm. I've spoken to one of my friends. Um, she's an actor and she's she's a brilliant actor, working actor. She was um, in Jane Campion movies and, and things like that. And she really loved it. But she did definitely have some questions, other questions. So I think the, the point is her and I were able to have a conversation about it with no clear... Mm. kind of leanings and mm. you sent me a wonderful article which yeah. is effectively a conversation between critics there's about was it eight critics yes. kind of... so it was from the guardian and it was eight different uh, cr- critics from different uh bents if you will saying yes this is a wonderful feminist fantasy or no this isn't a wonderful fe- this isn't a feminist fantasy but or no this isn't okay mm. um you know, have you, i know you haven't seen it william and i've not seen it and right. i've chosen not to okay um and i don't wish to but are you going to? Oh, I, I'm a huge uh, Yoga Stanthamos fan. Mm. Right? Yeah, I'm, I've been looking forward to this movie for quite mm. a while. Mm. Um, from that conversation, that r- reminds me a little bit of a, a film like The, the Handmaiden. Yes. Right? Mm. Which is also very much a, you know, it, it deals with a lot of themes to do with sexuality and feminism, but the writers and directors behind that film are all male. Mm. Um, or or um, Blue is the Warmest Colour. Right. Which, you know, it's like yeah, this, yeah. this great lesbian love story and then you find out how abusive or the oppressive filmmaking. the set was. Mm-hmm. That's and right. how kind of anti-woman or feminist yeah. that experience was. And yeah. So I'm... Emma Stone just gushes about Yorgos Lanthimos and his mm-hmm. process. Um, and I think that's one of the key pushbacks to yes, criticisms is. is that she was very much a part of the process and that she is a, is a really strong voice. And you yeah. feel that in the film. Yes. Like, and a contributor this... to how Bella is yeah. as a character, no doubt. Yeah. yeah. And she is the movie. Like, yeah. And she, she gives it all. And I, and I mean, there's a, there's a slight um, irony in that because she's very naked through most of the film. But, yeah. but also she just just there is this freedom about it that is wonderful and that is the the joy of the movie yeah um i i you know and and look i actually don't have a right to talk about the film because i haven't seen it i've read a lot about it and i'm about to posit um a a pondering Mm. i think that one of the pushbacks that says they're pro this film is the fact that not just Emma Stone, but that the character embraces her sexuality in a way that we often don't see and often don't in history think of women as as being allowed to do. And I'm 100% pro women embracing their sexuality and doing what they damn well like, etc, etc. I think that where it gets problematic for me, and I mean, you know, dear old problematics become like woke and everything, hasn't it? It's become such a... Um, a tarnished word but where it gets problematic for me is my understanding is that most of what happens in the film isn't even a blue in the warmest color kind of it's two women having a relationship and having that sort of agency and whatnot but that it's a woman's autonomy and agency 
to do with men and men watching and men being part of it and, and men sort of being the mechanism behind it and all of that. And then that gets tricky because then you get into, well, if women want to, why shouldn't they? You know, which is also where the prostitution argument gets a little bit tricky. And then it's like, well, if there wasn't the demand from men, would it even exist as an opportunity? And what about all the exploitation and the abuses and la la la? So look, it's a delightfully complex area. It's not black and white. And it is, and if anything, perhaps it's marvellous that a film like this, probably not what Lanthimos was expecting, is causing... Yeah ponderings and debate and 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 critical thinking well i mean that's the best thing that you want for your film absolutely but then also i wouldn't be surprised if stories come out years later and you know he's a i'm not i don't want to call someone a creep he's not a creep but you know what i mean like uh, woody allen's come to mind and, yes that's and right it's like you find out these stories and you're like oh that brings another well I mean, you know or, or um what's his face from house of cards um kevin space where the story storyline creepily yeah. look, mirrors I mean, it's anybody. reality look it's it's Kubrick making Lolita mm. it's, it's yeah. many many things mm. um, yep. and Hitchcock um, yeah so yeah His exactly yeah. so you know it's complicated mm. uh, and I, I suppose if I'm going to be feminist at all I have to be very careful of not treating Emma Stone like she doesn't have the agency and the autonomy mm. and the smarts to 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 make a choice and to to do all that sort of thing so you know um, but yeah, complicated, and I just did, and I just thought, well, I don't even know that I. I mean, I'm not mad on like cray cray kind of films, yeah. Um, but I watched Annette, for example, mm, um, yeah. the one soundtrack by the Sparks, and um, I absolutely loved it. Mm. And I've loved other Lanthimos films or Lanthimosian films, as I like <laughs> to call them. So you know, it, but it I just really, didn't really want to. It really reminded me of Metropolis. Mm. Um, okay, and, and I think that's very clear allusions to that in the film Mm -hmm. Um, and it also really reminded me of the work of Terry Gilliam and Mm -hmm. uh, Jean Mm -hmm. Pierre especially Jean Pierre in terms of kind of fisheye lens and um, (laughs) so there is some really there's a real confidence in in regards to the technicality and it's like I said the film is trying to make the film that it's trying to be it, it, it succeeds Hands down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And yet Terry Gilliam is problematic because you read Sarah Polly's memoir about working on, um, I can't remember, the Munchausen, mm-hmm. Baron Munchausen film when she was 10. And um, and it was absolutely traumatising and inappropriate and wrong and dangerous and all these things. So, you know, even you say Terry Gilliam, and I think I get what you mean yeah. aesthetically, mm, yeah. but it's not, you know, it's not the droid I'm looking for. Mm. So, you know. <laughs> well, that feels like a full circle with, with the Rebel Moon uh, reference. Can, can I fin- finish off something very, very light? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Okay. Um, guys, you, you guys know I, I love you guys. Um, <laughs> and I love your recommendations. Um, so on the plane, not in New Zealand, because in New Zealand is, uh, you know, didn't Only get gave the works. TV. <laughs> didn't get the works, so I was forced to watch Bluey. Mm. I love Bluey, by the way. <laughs> uh, Let that be a warning to all of you Air New Zealand customers that don't get the works. Yeah. Oh, I also watched a lot of uh, Wellington Paranormal, which is a good time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but uh, on, you know, China Airlines, which thankfully does have movies, um, I saw a little movie. Uh, called Scrapper. Yay! Yeah, so Charlotte Reagan's debut, um, and I know you loved it, Sarah. Um, it was a good time. Yeah, uh, short, sweet. Uh, I, I have a little bit of an issue with how sometimes it goes for these flights of fancy, 
Um, oh yeah, it feels very uh, like if you've seen Richard Aoyari movies like mm. Submarines. It's mm. it's like that, but not as well done. Yeah, it goes into a funny sort of aesthetic, Jeremy. Yeah. It kind of goes almost a little bit animated at points, yeah. doesn't it? It wasn't necessary. I, I, I completely I think it. Well, that stuff should have been excised. That's that just, right. It, it really took you out of the story and it's like, look how clever we are. Yeah. And I kept thinking. If I was to make a movie, that's exactly what I would do. Mm. And I don't make movies, you yeah, know? Yeah, like, yeah. it wouldn't be cool if... But apart from that stuff, the central performances... Harris, Harris Dickinson. Dickinson is so good. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the, the little, girl. little girl. She's so good. She She's amazing. Mm. Um, but yeah, just a, a real sweet little slice of life uh, mm. about a, a bunch of low lives, you know, just trying their best to get through. I, Potentially I really sad, it. but actually still poignant. Mm. So you should watch it, Jeremy. I, do, I, I need to. I love the trailer. And, and it's worth saying to listeners, if you haven't listened to our end of 2023 kind of highlights episode, yeah. Sarah it goes in into there. detail about Scrapper yeah. and, and your love for that film. Well, I think I, if, I, if I remember <laughs> rightly, I'd do it all talking like this, don't I? Yeah. So, um, it's very entertaining. When I was editing that, I was having a great time. Just, that's right. So, you know, and I think I was laughing along with my own laughs in the actual recording, which is a good... Right. You know you've got a good bit when uh, it's a double laugh. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, hey, great chatting. This mini-sode has actually turned into a, a full-length episode. So oh, wow. All right. There you go. Those of you listening, if you made it this far and you're wondering why we're calling it a mini-sode. When it <laughs> <laughs> but hey, it's been a good chat. Uh, check out for our next full-length episode in a month's time, which could be uh, next month, right? February. That's right. What, where are we now? We'll be February when this comes out. Yeah. So. And yeah, follow us on all the social media platforms. Let us know any other films that you'd like us to talk about, discuss, compare. And uh, look, until then, no more am I.